Hi there! Welcome to episode 2 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Today's game is Mega Man X for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Enjoy! Hi there! This is the Waveback Music Podcast, a show where we listen to and reminisce about some of the best video game music there is. My name is Chris, and I am your host, and we are streaming live this evening from Geekade.com. We have an extraordinarily action-packed show for everyone. We're going to listen to a few tracks, read some listener mail, and genuinely have a good time. Uh, so if you are listening to us live, thank you very much for tuning in. If not, we will be posting this through our regular channels on Geekade.com as well as on iTunes. So here we go. Uh, without further ado, let's discuss Mega Man X for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Mega Man X was released by Capcom in January of 1994. The composer was Setsuo Yamamoto, but more on him in a little bit. Before we talk more about the game, I've got to set the stage. Um, Mega Man 5 came out for the NES in December of 92. Mega Man 6 was not until March of 94. Mega Man X came out in January of 94. So... Mega Man 1 through 5 had been all anybody knew of Mega Man uh, up until that point. They were all NES games. They're all remarkably similar to one another from a visual standpoint, uh, at least from the, the sprite. You know, Mega Man looked the same from game to game. There was a very specific formula. You fought bosses that were something man, uh, you know, Yamato Man, Spring Man. Well, Spring Man wasn't until Mega Man 7, but I digress. When the Super Nintendo came out in 1991, you started to see all these amazing evolutions of some of the games that made the NES era what they were. You had Super Mario World, Castlevania IV, uh, Final Fantasy IV, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, all in 1991. And then in 92, you had uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Super Double Dragon, Contra 3, and right around the corner, you had things like Super Metroid coming in uh, 94, Final Fantasy 3, Donkey Kong Country, Super Punch-Out. These, these games that were, that exemplified the NES, some of the, the biggest names were all getting these amazing new iterations. And one of the ones that I was most excited to see, what was going to happen to Mega Man once it didn't have the opportunity to look the same anymore. What what was going to be the next evolution of Mega Man? What I would did not expect was what we got, which was Mega Man X, uh, a very very different kind of game. I remember seeing it in Nintendo Power um, uh, and and a couple other magazines. I think I had a copy of Game Fan that had a lot of Japanese screenshots, and I remember looking at it, thinking it it looked amazing, but I didn't understand it because. Wait, what was the story? What was the premise of this game? It didn't really seem to make sense to me. I remember walking in, uh, my dad gave me a ride to Shore Video, which was my local video rental store, um, back when this game first came out, when Mega Man X was released. Uh, it was probably a little bit after it was released. No, it, was, it must have been in January. Um, we walked into the store, I walked right over the Super Nintendo section, and, and there was... Mega Man X sitting on the shelf, and that box art just just screamed to me, this is the game you need to rent today. And I, I picked it up, and I took it home, 
I popped the cartridge in and it was a very interesting intro. It had, um, you know, I, I had the familiar Capcom startup sound that had been uh, familiarized with me from Street Fighter 2. And uh, it had this similar kind of music palette. I had a very high expectation for the way this game was going to sound because of other Capcom Super Nintendo games. UN Squadron, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Final Fight, Street Fighter 2. Capcom had a way with the Super NES sound chip that was just remarkable. And knowing how good Mega Man music was already, every game had just an amazing soundtrack. I had very high expectations, but I was a little timid on the release because it was so different from what I came to expect. After the Capcom logo came and went, it kind of started up like a, a DOS boot-up prompt. It was very strange, and and this weird alarm sound was going off while the story was kind of being told, and it was kind of jarring. Then the title screen hit, had some pretty cool rock-sounding music, a neat little effect, and, and Mega Man sitting there, and, and you press start. Now, what happened next is one of the most pivotal Super Nintendo moments in, in my, my memory. I loved what came next so very much because it simultaneously scared the heck out of me and lowered my expectations and then within microseconds launched them way back into the stratosphere. Every Mega Man game you start it up and you have a level select screen. This game I started it up and it just went right to a stage. I didn't get to choose stages and I was I was torn for a split second thinking wow did they make this game linear? Am I not going to get to choose stages? But then the music started, and it starts as soon as that stage starts. So it was a microsecond of that thought. And the moment this music started, I was sold. I was beyond sold. This is still one of my favorite tracks in this game. It might even be my favorite track in the game, hands down. It is an amazing track. So let's listen to Opening Stage, or Highway, from Mega Man X. that isn't a track that just 
makes you excited to play the rest of a game, I don't know what is. I use that track to run to. I mean, it is one of the most invigorating songs imaginable. And the stage that accompanied it was everything that you would want a stage to be. It introduces the mechanics flawlessly. You're, you're running as X, which at that point I didn't understand, just was Mega Man. And you're running around, and he's got a very similar like kind of dead face stance as the original Mega Man sprite, but he looked outstanding. He, he ran in a very specific manner that was similar to the way the original Mega Man sprite ran, but so much more well animated. He jumped by flailing his arms up into the air, but it was instead of just a single animation, it was, it, there was motion to it. And the sound of his little pea shooter gun and oh, the sounds of the explosions, everything that was happening. You're running on this highway, and all these robots are flying in and destroying the ground underneath you and exploding in ways that nothing had exploded before. Uh, giant helicopter robots show up and start shooting machine guns at you and missiles at you, and you have your charge, your X-Buster, right from the beginning of the game. You can do a charge shot. It just looks amazing. This game was a sensory overload. When thinking about the last Mega Man game I had played before this, which was Mega Man 5, going from Mega Man 5 to this was astronomical. If you think about going from, say, uh, Castlevania 3 to Super Castlevania 4, there's a certain level of... There was an awkwardness to Super Castlevania 4. I think that game is, is brilliant, but there was a certain... There was some, some growing pains there. Um, uh, some some of the other games, Super Double Dragon, uh, was was another situation. There was there was some real growing pains there. This game was just astonishing right off the bat, but it was about to take it to a yet another step forward. Towards the end of this opening stage, this giant ship comes in from uh, flies across the top of the screen and starts dropping these robots driving red. Uh, convertibles for some reason, which had this really great animation if you blow them up piece by piece. And if you blow up just the robot on top, you can jump on the car and it kind of bounces under the weight of Mega Man, which is a great touch. But after you blow up all these things, the music changes and this giant walking mech suit with a purple Boba Fett looking robot in it slams down onto the ground just with this slam sound and proceeds to beat the living crap out of you. You can shoot this guy until you're blue in the face, until you're blue as Mega Man in the face. You can just keep on shooting him and nothing's going to happen. You can maybe slow him down, but there's no life bar. There is no way to beat this. But as playing this for the first time, an unbeatable boss to for, to to make forward progress in the story was kind of unheard of at that time. So I'm fighting for my life, I'm thinking, oh my god, this game is crazy hard, until I finally run out of health, and the robot comes and grabs me, it's just holding on to me, and then some, some text box shows up, and you hear this charge-up sound from off the screen, and all of a sudden, that robot's arm is blown off, you fall to the ground, and this awesome-looking robot named Zero shows up, who looks like Proto-Man, with a giant ponytail, and is just just scares this guy off. He jumps back into the ship, flies away, turns around, and has a conversation with X. So now there's a conversation between Mega Man and this other character that is very anime-inspired, and young me is just 
freaking out. What made this, what really captured the feeling of this, so everything up to this point has been high-octane energy, but what captured the, I guess, overall more serious tone of this game for the first time for me was this song that played as Zero talks to X. So I present to you Zero Rescue. Now that is a far more serious sounding song than I would say most of anything that had been in a Mega Man game previously. Uh, the 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 tone of that whole situation, like it, it, coming from previous Mega Man games, where Mega Man was like the shit. Yo, you were the most powerful thing around. You could always tackle what was coming up next uh, because you were Mega Man and you were totally awesome. But in this, in this game, uh, there's suddenly a lot more things that are far more powerful than you. And, well, that was something entirely different for this franchise. And it was this strange feeling to be in a Mega Man game and not feel like the most powerful thing around. Um, which is pretty neat. Um, sorry, we're doing this live and I'm I'm moving some things around and trying to get somewhere and this thing won't go away i need a thing to go there we go all right cool so um as soon as having having finished up with all of this uh interesting situation here uh finally things start to look a little bit more normal now before uh we get to the part where i can see uh the man i am sorry this is like really confusing me right now but i'm almost there I am putting a thing somewhere. See, now, just to give a little bit of explanation on the back of this whole situation here, on the back end is DJ Vestlord, who is playing all the music for me. Now, this is our first time doing a live show, and, and there might be a few little bumps and rocks like me uh, losing my brain for a second there. I just put the next song into our shared drive so that DJ Vestlord can play it coming up next. So um, the first part of true familiarity that came after this uh, this part of the game uh, was the password sequence. Now, Mega Man games have had this kind of history with me of some of my favorite tunes, especially in Mega Man 3, which is my favorite Mega Man game, having really good password music. Um, sometimes uh, unexpectedly cheerful, but usually just a really good tune. And 
this game, after having all that crazy hard rock music and then all that kind of dour, uh, serious music, uh, the password screen came up <laughs> and you see all these little met creatures, little hard hat dudes from um, you know the previous Mega Man games and a bunch of numbers behind them and this very cheerful song plays and it's still it's it's definitely one of my favorite songs in the game it's such a good good tune and it really is a stark contrast to the rest of the soundtrack there's nothing else in this game that even kind of sounds like this but it's it's exactly right it's the right song at the right moment it it just hits you with just a tiny piece of levity before you got back into the the serious badass nature of Mega Man X. So, thanks to the miracle of modern technology, we present to you Password. And that right there is joy personified in 16-bit music. Uh, I, I love the Super NES sound card so, so very much. And uh, few companies were able to harness it the way Capcom did. Just in, there's something about the music in a lot of Capcom games. And Mega Man X is a great example, specifically the first one, of how they just had a grasp on that sound chip and all this music sounds perfect. When Mega Man X was ported to PC, it used the Super NES music. They didn't remaster it at all because there was, there was no need to. And in fact, that, that right there is one of the reasons I kind of despise Maverick Hunter X for PSP. Because not only did it do a lot of things visually that I didn't think it needed to do, the game doesn't look as good polygonal as it did sprite-based. Because this has an anime style and that artwork in Mega Man X looks so good next to the kind of soulless uh, polygonal art. But the music, they overcomplicated it. They add extra drums. They add all these extra pieces, little techno tunes and stuff to it. It did not need that. This song, the, the soundtrack of this game, just played on instruments straight as it was, would have been perfect. But instead they tried to take it too far. Anyway, <laughs> after the password screen, you get to um, uh, 
you get to your character select screen. So finally, things are right where they should be. We've got a password. We have this kick-ass opening stage behind us, but now it's a Mega Man game. The world has opened up, and I can see everything. So before we start going to some of the Robot Masters stages, because this is where the bulk of the music in the game is, but unfortunately we only have time to do a couple of them. But before we get to that point, I said before that this game was composed by Setsuo Yamamoto. Um, originally, he was the only person uh, composing this game. Uh, he joined Capcom in 1992. He cut his teeth on Final Fight 2 for Super NES and Mighty Final Fight for the NES. And this was actually, I think, only his third or fourth game. Uh, towards the end of production, he uh, was joined by a handful of other musicians. Um, let's see, the four other composers, Yuki Iwai, I'm so terrible pronouncing these names, Toshihiko Horiyama, Yuko Takahara, and Makoto Tomozawa. Uh, they all kind of helped him polish it off, but f by and large, the music of this game was created by Setsuo Yamamoto. Um, some of those other people would go on to compose the soundtracks for other Mega Man X games like X2 and X4, but for some reason, the other X games never grabbed me the same way that the first Mega Man X did. And specifically the soundtracks was just, it was so good on Mega Man X. And then all the rest of the games had good soundtracks. But this soundtrack was legendary. From the minute it started, it was just, just amazing. Um, other music credits that Setsuo Yamamoto did, uh, he, he did Aladdin for Super NES, uh, Street Fighter II Special Champion Edition for the Genesis, which is really cool to... Uh, there's actually we got a Twitter question about this that I'll 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 read it towards the end of the show. But the difference between uh, the Super NES and Genesis sound cards, and then being able to take that kind of music and then apply it to a different sound card and make it sound good. Um, he did a really good job on uh, Street Fighter Two for Genesis, given the limitations of that hardware. Uh, he did the music for Street Fighter Alpha in the arcade, both of the Mega Man fighting games in the arcade. Which um, if you haven't played those, they're weird fighting games, more like uh, just sol solely centered around Mega Man boss battles, but the music was all remixed tracks from prior Mega Man games, like NES Mega Mans, and, and they're, they're great. They're, they're brilliant. But speaking of brilliant, now we get to the Robot Masters. Um, <laughs> the first one that we're going to listen to out of the Robot Masters is the first stage that I picked when I got this game. I was used to seeing something man, something man, and uh, instead these were all filled, uh, not filled, themed after animals. And the I mentioned before I had a copy of, I think it was Game Fan, that I was reading about all these, uh, uh, <laughs> these robot masters, and they, were, they didn't have the American names listed. They had their Japanese names printed out. So my favorite of all of those Japanese names was Icy Peguigo which <laughs> wound up being Chill Penguin. So that was the first stage that I went to. Um, that and I, I have a thing for penguins. Penguins are totally awesome. So uh, this stage has a really interesting sound to it, uh, and it really exemplifies some of the different kinds of music that this game presents. Uh, by and large, the soundtrack is this hard rock driving music, but some of the other stages, and I wish I had time to play all of them, like Chill Penguin or Boomer Kwonger stage, have a different feel to them and are less hard rock and a little bit more video gamey. And 
this is a snow stage. It's covered in ice and snow. You go into caves. You you meet all sorts of weird creatures. And this music does a marvelous job of having of, of making that feeling match. It's one of my favorite ice stage themes. So here is Chill Penguin Stage. So, playing through that stage, um, one of the things you, that you notice while playing through that stage is that some of it is completely inaccessible, um, which wasn't really something they played with in the original Mega Man games until Mega Man 6, which in the United States didn't come out until after Mega Man X, but I remember playing through that stage, and there being stuff up on a cliff higher that I just couldn't get to, no matter how hard I tried, just just couldn't get to it. So... <clears throat> what I later found out in the second stage that I played leading into the third stage that I played was that excuse me a moment sorry that's one of the things about doing a live show is when you have to clear your throat uh, it, you don't want to do it <laughs> on a live show because it sounds terrible so I muted myself and cleared my throat and now you all know that um, the the thing that this game did that I thought was extraordinarily impressive was that the stages interacted with each other after you beat them. Um, and you could go back into the stages and accomplish different things with uh, the different powers that you had. So, like, there were these uh, domes or something up on that uh, shelf that was really difficult to get to. A uh, shelf, like, piece of the stage that I, I couldn't figure out how to get to. And no matter what you did, you couldn't blow them up. But you can with a weapon later in the game. Now, uh, back to my original point, the next stage that we're going to listen to is the Storm Eagle stage, which is an extremely cool song. Uh, this is a little bit more indicative of what you think of when you think of the Mega Man X soundtrack. Um, Storm Eagle is an amazing character design. This is an extraordinarily cool stage, uh, kind of taking place on a giant airport thing or something leading up to a final battle with Storm Eagle on a jet that's flying through the sky. So before we go any further... Let's listen to the song. Here is Storm Eagle. Storm Eagle. 
another crazy energetic track just just really just gets you pumped to, to beat that stage now at the end of this stage uh you you go onto this this plane that's like flying through the sky and a bunch of it blows up when you get on there which seems like a bad situation to be in uh and and the clouds are just constantly moving really fast in the background while you're fighting storm eagle until you beat him and after you beat him there's this whole after you beat a boss in a mega man game you know some music like mega man stands still a bunch of music plays and then you like you know, raise your hands and fly into the sky with your little teleport thing but what was i noticed after beating storm eagle the first time was that the clouds started moving like you were falling and after you beat Storming Eagle, that ship is just falling and falling and falling and falling until you uh, teleport off of it. Now, the next stage that I wound up playing uh, was Spark Mandrel's stage. And I didn't know this at the time because I played this stage after, for the first time after beating Storm Eagle. And I'd never, I hadn't played it before that. If you play this stage before you beat Storm Eagle, it's a very different stage. A lot, there's a lot of these kind of glass-looking tubes with lots of sparks and electricity flying all over the place. Um, you know, by and large, the, star, the, the stage stays the same, but like I mentioned before, defeating certain stages has an effect on other stages. So if you beat Storm Eagle's stage, that ship that is falling lands on Spark Mandrel stage and does damage. So when I got to this stage and saw pieces of the ship that I was just on, and a bunch of broken glass. I thought that was really cool, but I didn't even know that the stage was different. I just thought it was maybe some sort of coincidence, but the the stages actually change. Um, you beat uh, Chill Penguin stage, and I think uh, Sting Chameleon stage has uh, some snow and ice in it. Um, Storm Eagles, no, that's a uh, that's Flame Mammoth stage. That's right. You beat uh, Chill Penguin, and then you go to Flame Mammoth stage, and all the lava and stuff is frozen. God, this game is so good. <laughs> anyway, um, there's not a whole heck of a lot to say more about uh, Spark Mandrel Stage than to just listen to the music. This is pure, unadulterated awesomeness filtered in its, its most brilliant format. So here is the glory that is Spark Mandrel Stage.
so yeah, <laughs> what 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 do you need? What can you even say about something like that? That's uh, that's that's energy. It's it, it's just about flawless, which I've said it a bunch of times. The music in this game kind of tends to be. It's really just a, a remarkable soundtrack. So uh, we're we're coming up towards the end here. Um, there, I've got one more track to play. Uh, there's some some great music that's not being played on on this episode. So really, if you have the opportunity, find this music, listen to all of it, or just play the game if you haven't, or play the game again if you have, because it's just so so good. There's a handful of stages that are uh, Sigma is the the boss character is basically the uh, Doctor Wily analog, analog for the Mega Man X franchise, and there's some great music on his stages too. Um, a lot more somber and a lot less like really hard rock driven than a handful of other tracks, the most of the other tracks in this game. And then you get to the ending. Um, there's the first part of the ending is X standing on a cliff watching this entire floating continent explode. And this really weird kind of um, depressing soliloquy about just him thinking about how long is he going to have to fight and how long are all these bad things going to happen to him because you know, Zero shows up and he dies uh, uh, trying to save him from Vile, which then you kill Vile and then you have to fight Sigma, who used to be a good guy and you know he kills him and he kills all these other robot masters because the, the whole point of this game was that the, there was some sort of fault in programming and ro- robots go maverick and he has to fight these essentially glitched out, not necessarily evil, but just glitched robots that he has to destroy. And it's, it, it takes itself pretty seriously, but as a, as a teenager, which this game was very clearly aimed towards, it, it really it, it kind of hits you a little bit, especially for video game storytelling at the time, and especially for Mega Man video game storytelling at the time. The song that plays over the first part of the ending is this really kind of slower, sadder tune. But then you get this, um, the second part of the ending, which is, uh, it's basically just X running the other direction, uh, to the left side of the screen along what looks to be the highway scene from the beginning of the game, but in reverse. And there's this really great, uh, just kind of rock ballad that plays, uh, I don't, I don't even really know exactly how to describe it. It's just this wonderful, wonderful piece of music that's, it's kind of bittersweet, but it's it's got just the right enough pieces of major notes in it that you feel good about it. But it's it's it shows all the robots that had been destroyed and like it's sad but kind of hopeful at the same time. It, it it's the exact opposite of say the ending of Mega Man Two, which is just out of left field somber, where Mega Man is walking through a field through all the seasons with this very depressing music playing in the background this one kind of gives you a little bit of hope so here is ending two
one of the coolest ending songs just just ever. Um, it's it's a cool song, but it also kind of leaves you. And I wish the game would have ended on that song because the two songs that follow are um, there is when the actual credits for the game roll, the staff roll plays. There's this other really weird um, jazzy song that plays. It's just it's really really does not fit with the format of this game, even more so than the password song. It's just it's not a good tune, and I I don't like it. And I I've never cared for that one piece of this otherwise flawless video game. Just the way that the, it plays that really crappy garbage over the credit roll, and then it's it goes to the little stinger afterwards and plays this um kind of moody song that played as uh, the the last Sigma stage, which is a very repetitive song, but the stage was only meant to be a few seconds long. But it just plays over the fact that, oh, Sigma's still alive, there's going to be a Mega Man X2, but it just it just goes over and over again. And it's it's a weird note to end on, because it could have ended on an extremely high note, and it's ended on this kind of uneasy note. It was, hmm. But anyway, that's a small complaint for an otherwise stellar soundtrack. So... That's pretty much the show, but before we go, uh, I wanted to address some of the things that some of our listeners had uh, commented to us. So, first, uh, from uh, Twitter, Mike asks, how do you think Mega Man X would have sounded if it was released on the Sega Genesis? Um, (laughs) That's an interesting question, because the Sega Genesis had a way with guitar sounds that was kind of sounded a lot like farts. <laughs> um, there's there's just no better way to say that. Uh, if you listen to the Comics Zone soundtrack and you listen to that uh, electric guitar, the distorted guitar sound that the Sega Genesis was kind of known for, I don't imagine that this soundtrack would have translated very well. Uh, but, of course, it depends on who, who would have done it. Uh, so I think that this soundtrack would have probably... If handled correctly, could have sounded really cool, but never in a million years would it have sounded as cool as it does on the Super Nintendo. So that is my answer to that. Let's see. On Facebook, Mauricio says, I remember for months I thought the Mega Man Hadouken cheat was BS and some joke EGM ran. Months later, my friend shows me the right way to do it, and I looked like an ass. Loved Storm Eagle stage, and I wish File got more screen time. Uh, Jim writes Hadouken, um, and Marco writes Armin Armadillo's stage song, Nuff Said. Uh, all those work together because the Hadouken was a really, really cool secret that was uh, stuffed into this game that was just really, really cool. Um, you can get the basically what you have to do. Uh, the reason I read Marco's statement about Armored Armadillo stage is that in order to get the Hadouken, you have to get all of the items in the game, all the energy tanks, all the reserve tanks, beat all the bosses. You have to get everything, and then you have to play Armored Armadillo stage five times and get this one specific power up at the very end of the stage each time. And the reason I didn't play Armored Armadillo's stage song on this podcast is because I've heard that song enough. Because every time I play through this game, I gotta go for the Hadouken. And that means playing that stage 
five times in a row. <laughs> so that was a that was that was some extraordinarily cool stuff. Uh, he he makes this cute little Hadouken noise when he throws it, which is just it's it's just great. Um, let's see, uh, Chris uh, from Facebook said, "Still play this game, so good." I couldn't possibly agree more. Uh, sorry to go back to Mauricio. Storm Eagle stage is phenomenal, and I agree. Vile should have got more screen time. He's such a cool looking character, and um, what the heck. Uh, let's see. Barry writes, used to play this game to 100% completion and then do it all over again. It was that good. So many standout moments like Zero's first rescue and then his sacrifice. Had so many great enemy designs too. Storm Eagle was and still is one of my favorite of the X Mavericks. Um, could, couldn't agree more, man. Uh, Storm Eagle was phenomenal. And I, I agree, he's one of the best character designs that they've ever put in there. His 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 flight patterns are awesome. Everything about Storm Eagle's stage and that character is freaking cool. Uh, actually, I have a second one from Mauricio. Is there any remixed version of the stage songs you really enjoyed from YouTube or OC Remix? Honestly, um, there's a handful of great Mega Man music I've enjoyed uh, as far as remixes, but I can't think of any Mega Man X remixes that I, I like. Um, I, I guess I haven't really looked into it, which is interesting. Um, ooh, uh, let's see. DJ Vestlord has an answer to this one. Towering Revolution. Hmm. Uh, is that an OC remix track, Mr. Vestlord? Uh, it's a Boomer Quanger stage remix, and yes, it's from uh, OC Remix, so I'll I'll have to give that a listen, because... I love OC Remix, and I like a lot of remixes that people do, and I've listened to a ton of great Mega Man ones, but I guess I've never really sought out Mega Man X ones because the soundtrack is just so flawless to me. Um, and I was so soured after the Maverick Hunter X for PSP because it was just, bleh, just no, no good. Uh, let's see, last one. Um, uh, let's see. Actually, no, we'll not do a last one because uh, Mauricio just said another one. And I agree with this wholeheartedly. Another great song that deserves a mention is the Dr. Light capsule theme. Still stuck in my head to this day. Awesome. Oh, well, awesome podcast, man. Thank you, Mauricio. Um, it wasn't without its kinks, but we're, you know, for episode two, I think we're not doing bad. And yeah, I really wanted to play the Dr. Light capsule theme. Um, it's just a matter, it was a matter of like picking exactly which tracks to play. But the Dr. Light capsule theme was. It's a very short track, and that was really that was another crazy moment. Because, like I said, the first stage that I played was um, uh, Chill Penguin stage, and there, that's the one stage where you can't progress any further without running into that capsule. And the storyline of Mega Man X was such a mystery to me. I had I had knew that it took place in the future from Mega Man, but when I came across that capsule and Doctor Light was in it from the original Mega Man. And this this kind of sad, mysterious music starts playing in the background. It was I was just enthralled, and that this capsule just kind of was sitting there. And you get this the dash power up, which is like the quintessential piece of of these games is that that dash power up. And uh, boy, it just changes the game forever after you get that. So I was very lucky that I played that that stage first. And it's a great it's a great tune, Mauricio. I could not agree more. Uh, let's see, Mike. Again, who would win in a fight, Vile or Boba Fett? Um, I'm gonna have to go with <laughs> go with Vile. Um, 
because I I don't know much expanded universe stuff, so my only real uh, acquaintance with Boba Fett is him in the movie is getting knocked into the Sarlacc pit and just kind of looking imposing a lot. Whereas in the beginning of Mega Man X, Vile pummels the ever-loving garbage out of you. And also, Vile survived uh, Zero's suicide attack to try to take him out to save you, uh, save X in the game. So, yeah, I got to give this one to Vile. Absolutely, hands down, no questions asked. Uh, let's see. Uh, I believe that Matt Much w- would like to ask a question, but he, he hasn't found a place to do so. so I feel bad ending the show without um, hearing his questions, but I do not see anything from him. So I'm sorry, Matt. Um, I'm glad you're listening to the show. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have any uh, way of answering your questions because I don't know what they are. But um, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, subscribe on iTunes and listen to future episodes. I'm going to be doing them you know, maybe a couple of times a month. I don't have a, an exact schedule nailed down. But uh, any feedback would be more than welcome. To where This is a, this is a new thing for us. We're, we're you know, doing little live podcasts, but I had a lot of fun. This is one of my favorite soundtracks ever. Um, the next episode uh, is going to be a game I recently played for the first time, Wonder Boy 3 for the Sega Master System. So if you have any thoughts or comments on that wonderful game or its TurboGrafx-16 counterpart, I believe called Dragon's Curse, um, I'm going to be doing specifically the Master System version. But yeah, if you've got any questions or anything you'd like to say, send them over to geekade.com. There's a contact us link there. And I would love to hear from any and all of you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for uh, writing in so I had things to read on the show. And that's going to be it. Have yourselves a wonderful night. <laughs>